<laughs> hey, what's going on, guys? Episode 100 of Breaker Culture Weekly. And I'm jumping right into this because there's only one guy that should be on this show, and that's Shani. Shani, what's going on, man? What's up, Ty? <laughs> what's up? Two and a half baby. years ago, we started this thing, and here we are 100 episodes later. <laughs> Hey, it's, it, it certainly feels like an accomplishment. We, we, you deserve a, an enormous pat on your back. I think there's been an impact. I don't think that could be denied. And that's the most important thing. That's really the only goal yep. from the jump was to have impact, period. Agreed. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I look back at some of the comments and the emails. I'm like, wow, we we really did have a positive impact for a lot of people. And to me, that makes, makes all the hard work and the long nights you and I had and <laughs> me scrambling to find interviews and us having tough conversations about your family. Like there was some moments that were just- There were, I mean, it's amazing to think back about the, the thing that stands out in my mind almost more than anything is the fact that we had Doug from Mojo break on. And I was excited for that because they were the breakers that, really introduced me to that aspect of the hobby. I had met them at the national in Chicago and spent a lot of time with them and was very excited to be having a podcast where we were interviewing Doug together. Yep. yep. And what made less than five minutes into it, I got the call <laughs> about the tree of life shooting and uh, ran over to my parents' house. And that was obviously crazy and then a month later my mother passed and so yeah, yeah you were with me through all that experience and that was just a horrendous six months of my life and obviously it's not like you get over those kind of things i still yeah. deal with it but I, that will breaker culture and the podcast specifically will will be forever intertwined with that experience and um that's not that's not a bad thing it, yeah. it's just a real thing you know so it's pretty wild Absolutely. Well, I, I took a few minutes earlier today and I went back and, and tried to listen to some of the episodes that stood out to me because, you I mean, really, you could go back at any point in time and listen to some of our takes and our and our comments and you could probably point to some and be like, OK, really, guys. But most of them <laughs> you look at and you're like, wow, we we really did have a pretty good pulse on the hobby 18 months ago. And I'm just going to bring up a couple of points that, I, that really stood out to me. And I'm sure you have some thoughts here, too. But I'm going to go back to, let's start with episode 78 real quick. And look, I can't, I can't ignore 78 because that was the Mason Rudolph episode. That's the way I, I think of that one because it <laughs> really went off on Mason Rudolph. And I think we all know how that worked out. But we talked that the key part of that episode was the nuances <laughs> of being an adult collector. And like we talked about our funny stories of and the weird oh, feelings yeah. we get of walking into Target and Walmart and like looking at people and, oh, and sizing them up. <laughs> Think about the differences now. Everyone like, is everyone's a competitor now. Everyone you see in a Target parking lot, bathroom, back in the food section, it doesn't matter. Everyone's a competitor to get those cards now. It's so <laughs> funny. It's such a different world. That was it a is. funny conversation. It was. Well, one of the things we joked about was that you and I would like the feeling we would have when we go to our car. And again, this is November of last year. So it's not like this is a yeah. long time ago. We're not even a year removed from this. Right. Like the decision to buy six blasters of something and then sit in your car and open them and the decision to go back in and buy more. Like that was the thing we were dealing with 
because retail wasn't a thing. Right. That like, opportunity is off the table today. It's off the table. Completely. It's off the table. Unless you want to buy booster packs of Pokemon or Magic, whatever they call. Right. Maybe, maybe fire and archives. Maybe. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah. So, so that one, I, I actually, I started listening to it and then I couldn't stop because I was just laughing so, so hard crazy. at some of the oh, stuff we were saying. Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, the other my one. How things have changed. Go ahead. My how things have changed. No doubt. So the other one that I thought was interesting was episode 72. We had some really good takes on uh, the assessment of the 19. And in fairness, we've had really good takes in the last three draft classes in the NBA. Um, you think about the things that we've said about players and, and the prices that we thought. And at the time, we're like astronomical. We predicted national treasures would be between four and $5,000 for the box. This was a year ago. And we basically nailed it. And then we had some other really good takes on John Morant and RJ Barrett and that whole crew, Tyler, Tyler Hero. It's impressive. Was it, it was did you have a good take? I you know what? Rewind a little bit. It's probably several episodes before that. I remember saying something about Zion and you politely cutting me off and saying, but but don't forget, RJ's number one. I was like, really, dude? I know he was listed as number one as far as a recruit coming out of high school, but Zion's going to be the man. The hype's definitely going to be behind him. And you were like, no, 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 no. It's RJ. Believe me, it's RJ. Uh, so it, it actually was Jaw. I, was, I was all on Jaw. Neither of us liked what? RJ as much. Yeah, I went oh, back. I definitely, yeah, no, I definitely, I, I shouldn't say I didn't like him. Yeah. I definitely thought that he was, a distant third at best. Yeah, that was that was your point. Yeah. And you were right. I mean, I, I, oh, a very distant third. <laughs> oh, well, now it's unreal. Very distant I, Although, for the sake of that right now, I, let's not forget that he only played one season. It was an abbreviated season. Yep. Exactly. And with the Knicks, the kid still has an enormous opportunity to be a superb pro um, and it, it's so easy for sports fans, let alone hobby sports card fans, to have such a knee-jerk reaction on these guys. It's hilarious in a way, but it's yeah, it, no, it, it right. can also be dangerous. Don't don't fire sale all these things. You know, hold on to a bunch of it, if not all of it, for guys like RJ. Yeah, let's let's table that because I do have some. I want to talk about the fire cell taking place right now in NBA. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, but another point that was made in 72, which was fun, was that this was when Prism draft. This is the first iteration of Prism draft in basketball. And it was going crazy. And you were, you, were, you and I both agreed that don't buy into this hype of Prism draft. And I, you could argue that's not true. Like it actually did pretty well. But our, our response to that was, Focus on Donruss base cards because those will be hot. Man, did Donruss take off or what? Not because of anything we said, but just because I think that there was an opportunity there. Kind of right. funny. No, it's – and I will say even though some of the collegiate stuff has done okay, high tides raise all ships is the answer to why, yeah. in my opinion. And if you're – 
even thinking there's at all a long-term possibility with this kind of stuff, I think you're mistaken. Get in, get out, unless you're a player or team PC collector type and you just know you're going to hold on to it because that's what you like and love and whatever, that's fine. But as far as value, no. <laughs> no. All right, so I'm going to flash us back to episode 31. This is in, we're in 18 now. Okay. And this was probably at the time our hottest take that we made. And we both were strongly convicted about this. And that was, do you remember what it was? I, I have no clue. Okay. You and I had really strong conviction. We did our pre-NBA oh, it's draft. Be uh, and we talked through cards coming out in the 1819. So uh, yeah, 1819 draft. So again, November, September 18. And we went out and said, we're predicting the 1819 class will be the dr best draft class in a decade. Yeah. And I remember some of the comments were like, you guys are insane. You're coming yeah. off Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum. Right. You were extremely high on Luka Doncic. Um, I was extremely high on Trey Young and Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> Jaron Jackson came through. Dude, we might have nailed that. Like that might have oh, been. I don't think there's a doubt. I mean, I know that there are still people that are going to potentially say, the jury's out on this class and there's some standouts in this class. Obviously Ja exceeded my expectations. I, I don't think you could really say much about Zion other than, you know, he maybe lives up to some of the hype and still has a ways to go, but with an abbreviated season and COVID getting in the way, it's way too early to say how this class compares to anything, but I'll, yeah. despite that, Still put my money behind 18, 19 for a long time. You just have to go look at prices for prison boxes. Right, right, <laughs> right. It's unreal. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I don't see a class. I mean, obviously, we can only look so many years into the future yep. when it comes to teenagers. But obviously, there's no question this class coming up doesn't hold a candle to the last five years. Yep. There, there's argument as to whether there's a clear cut number one. And if it, even if that Edwards is the clear cut number one, there's certainly no clear cut two through five. For sure. So, yeah. That, that'll be fun in a couple months to break that down together. Oh yeah. I can't wait to do that. Cause that, we're going to have a good time, especially yeah. with the draft being in November, right? They're saying mid November. I think that'll end up being pushed back a little bit. Who knows, but I think it will be. I think everything's going to be pushed back. They're being ambitious with everything. And I don't blame them. They should be ambitious because their business is on the line. But yeah. you know, they're playing right now. And these guys are going to have to have a, not just a physical break after this whole bubble experience, but the emotional break they're going to need is, is going to be significant. Yeah. Yeah. You know, exactly right. Um, it, okay. So let, let me just summarize all that to say, you know, we just listened to some of our episodes the past two and a half years it's it's fun to see it's fun to see the camaraderie and friendship that I've been able to build with you. And Absolutely. I, I don't take that for granted, man. Like people don't realize like you and I had to get up at five, six AM for some of these and stay up till midnight recording these. And a lot of it we're breaking down data, trying to put out content for people to digest and, and hopefully make it helpful. 
you and I had disagreements along the way, but we worked through it. And uh, I appreciate you. I just want to tell you, I appreciate nah, you. I hear, I hear you. I, I couldn't agree more. And the sentiment is heartfelt and, and meaningful to me. And I, and I back at you, man. I, I, it's been a wonderful experience. And I, I, it's funny that you say we were waking up early and going to bed late. And I'm like, thinking to myself, what's he talking about? But then I, I realized, you know, way back in the beginning, we didn't even know what software to use to do something like this. <laughs> it was so bait. It was, it was all a learning process, obviously. And we were really starting from scratch and had no mentors or help. And uh, to, to look at what you have really accomplished. I mean, I feel like I've been a, a fun co-host to have around, but you've done all the heavy lifting and uh, I commend you enormously for not just where you've brought this podcast, but breaker culture as a whole and now bench clear media it's pretty impressive to see where it's come from and what it's become it's pretty cool yeah we I appreciate that but all all of that aside this doesn't go anywhere if we don't have the continued support of listeners and the Absolutely. feedback and the comments and the subscribers i mean you and i have we've talked about this and the people that have written us emails i mean hundreds of emails over the last two years. Of, hey, you inspired me to get back in the hobby. Hey, you this this interview helped me do this. You and Shani challenged me to do this. Like all these things that just piled right. up over the years. This wouldn't have happened if people wouldn't have just given us their support and listened. So we thank yeah. you guys as a listener for no question. sticking with us. Now we just have to hope there's a hobby for them to continue in. Whoa. Whoa! Get negative all hot, of a sudden. Hot take. Uh, no, nah, not negative. Not that pragmatic, maybe. <laughs> Realistic, maybe. No, I don't. It's not, I'm not a doomsday or I'm not a sky is falling kind of guy. But it may sound like that at times. I'm sure we'll get to that though. I don't want to jump the gun. Okay, let's look. Enough of the fluff. Episode 100 it is another episode. We've done 14 minutes of of retro spectacle yeah. back. Of patting Unpack that. Back. Unpack that. What 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 do you sure. mean by if there's a hobby? I'm curious what you're. you're it's not the first time we've talked about it. Yep. It's and I don't want to be too too repetitive. And if you check the Discord channel, there was a, not not a heated debate. It was much more of a discussion amongst like minded folks this morning. Yep. Um, between M. Rathburn and a, a few guys, where it was just a you know, state of the hobby conversation in, in terms of frustration with the reality of the retail channel. And so all I'm saying is that it really looks like if the rumor mill is at all accurate, that the retail channel is going to change dramatically. And so I just took some time today in light of the fact that we're going to have this episode 100 yep. and thinking back the last few years from where we started to where we are. And personally, where I was a couple of years, three years ago, where I am today and what I'm looking at down the line in the next year to three. I, I think typically you have conversations in terms of like the three to five year, but I think it's more, it, it's so fast paced right now with how the hobby has been affected by COVID, the influx of so many new people. And, and so what I shared with you, and, I, and so I'll, I'll just speak to it. Yeah. If the retail channel changes the way the rumor mill is expecting it will, 
then I expect the retail channel to essentially evaporate, go direct to consumer, and that will mean blasters. Every, everything in retail is going to go three to five X. Yep. And that's going to price me out. And that means I've already been priced out in terms of hobby, and I've already been priced out in terms of uh, retail. And, well, and I will be in, in terms of retail. And once that happens, I'm like anybody. Even though I know the smart money is in buying singles and not necessarily ever really buying wax, I enjoy it. I like ripping. And if I don't have that aspect of the hobby, I'm going to lose interest. Hmm. So then it's going to be a matter of buying singles and shifting some of that money towards breaks. Well, all that change in pricing structure is going to affect and has really already affected breakers and folks who buy into breaks as well. So it's already the case that two, three years ago when we started this to buy the Steelers for a full case of Don Rest football at max, if you did a full 18 boxes, 50 bucks, it's double, if not getting close to triple that at this point. To spend $100 on a team that doesn't even have a first-round pick, <laughs> it's nuts. So I know that's going to mean that I'm going to have less and less of the two things that I consider the most fun aspects of this hobby, being ripping and jumping online to watch a break and chat with a bunch of other guys that are, and the breaker himself, whoever that is. And, and once that slippery slope has started, the next phase is I'm not doing those fun things and – organically, I'm just going to drift. And mm. I know myself, I get involved in a lot of different hobbies. Um, I don't know what the next one is, but there will be, and more likely sooner than later. And it's only going to be a matter of time until I'm looking at myself in the mirror and saying, oh, it's been three months or six months or nine months now since I've opened a pack or yep. joined a break or looked at a new card of any kind. And then what? You know, <laughs> it's a sad thing to say, and it's not a doomsday thing. It truly is a reality thing. If I don't have the ability to continue to experience the most fun aspects of the hobby that kept me in the hobby all this time, then I will say this. It's not as if I'm going to be ever 100% removed from it. I'll always be keeping an eye on who the, especially the basketball rookies are who the Steelers and Pirates and Penguins have in the ranks and coming up and be grabbing, potentially it'll be like team sets of low-end products, maybe actually buying sets. Uh, you know, once you really are getting old, you say that, you know that. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> well, and it's, and it's a, both a matter of age and a matter of budgeting. Yeah. I'm not going to be willing to spend the dollars that it's, that, that, that will be necessary to rip like I used to or enjoy breaks like I used to. So yep. it'll be about where can I spend that same amount of money that I've always budgeted and not more it, and potentially much less. Hmm. So, and, and obviously what I'm not saying is where it's something that we've talked about a lot. And, and that's why I'm not saying it. I want to, I don't want to beat the dead horse, but where does that end and where does where where's where's the bottom and where do we start to see a climb up at the next part of the evolution of this hobby i i don't know knows obviously you and i don't know but it, it feels to me like we're a lot closer than we've been in the last couple of years since you and i've been talking okay 
that was a long soapbox, and I, <laughs> I, I don't, <sighs> I don't know if I can relate to it completely, but I, I yeah. don't disagree with what you're saying. Um, and then, and actually, this is a great, it's a great segue to a lot of things, but I think that's probably why we see a a pretty substantial transition to football cards right now. It's because people are like, okay, basketball priced me out. I love basketball. I want to watch basketball, whatever. Uh, I can't get basketball cards. I can't buy into breaks and I can't buy singles because everything's too stinking expensive. So I'll go do baseball. They do baseball for a couple of weeks, maybe a month. And they realize eh, baseball is pretty boring. <laughs> That's what these guys are probably thinking. I'm just put, put my the mind in these new collectors. Football starting. Let's go find the undervalued guys in football and all the money shifts over here. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the taste of the week. And some of it's like, these are just new. There's so much new blood entering the market and they don't know what they don't know yet. But also like, it's just cyclical. Like this stuff is, it needs to go down. It needs to come back. And yeah. you and I need to step away. Other collectors need to step away from this for a bit and like regain, reset and figure out, do you love this? Right. You might come back and love it even more. You might come back and realize, you know what? I could, I could do without this. It doesn't affect my life anymore. And that's, I think that's a healthy thing to do. Not only healthy for the reasons you just described, which I completely agree with, but also to learn from your mistakes. Because when you're caught in the cycle of constantly buying, selling, and trying to find where the value is and where you're yep. going to make the next dollar to support your next purchase – it's hard to have a 40,000 foot view of it all and correct yourself from where you potentially were misguided. Um, so, you know, how many of these guys that are new that are making so many mistakes can't see the forest beyond the trees and really have a better perspective on how to get better in this hobby uh, because they need to. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I, I agree with you. And our, look, one of the things that makes the two of us good at having these conversations is that we do come to this hobby in very different ways. And what we do for both our individual experience for pleasure and for profit is very different. And that, you know, clearly is going to also make it different in terms of how we analyze what's going on with all of this. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Well, I don't. You know what? I'm sorry. Before we move on, I did want to share one interesting experience I had. A, a high school buddy of mine, his name's Chad. He actually just joined our Discord and started to converse with some of these uh, folks that we've mentioned in the past. Mm -hmm. He has historically been in uh, the shoe hobby, and that evolved. And he started to learn about the sports card hobby and he, he remembered that I was involved and he started asking me questions and he's jumped in and he was explaining to me that what he sees from he, listening to us that's happening with this hobby is a lot like what he saw happen to the shoe hobby, which has all before us, before this hobby already went through some of these kind of growing pains, increase in the hobby and then a, a significant downturn that essentially it was the very young individual that jumped in with uh 
an eye toward much smaller margins because the smaller margins were enough for them, so to speak. And so they would undercut the market and that basically completely flattened the market. And then they just got out for whatever the next thing was. And now their next thing is our sports card hobby. And we haven't seen that undercutting of the market too much yet. I think that always happens to some degree because there's always somebody that's trying to make a faster buck, even if it's less oh, yeah. of a buck. Yep. Um, but his point is what we'll see eventually is a lot more of these individuals potentially undercutting the market and flattening the curve to where we're not we're not able to see these huge spikes and it'll really then make the flat curve not a curve at all but uh, look it was just interesting to hear from somebody that's coming from a different hobby into this one and relate some experiences uh whether it's accurate or not is is is, is the conversation in and of itself we'll see yeah but i wanted to share that with you yeah that, that's a great that's a great perspective um you know the question always does come back to what what has kind of caused this bubble and really what what could we look at and say we could have we could have seen this better if we would have understood this and i think from the sports car world it's it's to me it's very easy to see why people got tripped up and continue to get tripped up on this idea of artificial supply and demand, specifically supply. The grading card market has created the bubble. I don't think group grapers, group grapers haven't, manufacturers haven't. It's the it's the grading complexities and the grading shortages that have created this idea of artificial demand. Because what people, these new guys coming in, don't realize is that. These base cards you're buying for PSA 10 and BGS 95, there's 20,000 of those cards. <laughs> it's just the grading companies are behind schedule. <laughs> it's just, and, and they're starting to see, oh, shoot, there's more cards entering the market that I, I have a lot of watering down my value. And it's created, it, it, it shot prices up because where there's excitement around everything happening with all the social media personalities and people thought there was scarcity when there really wasn't. Well, and I, I completely agree with you, but behind that component of creating the bubble is also the distributors holding product in the corner of their warehouse with a tarp over it. You're saying, no, 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 no. We don't have five pallets of mosaic basketball. It's all out there. That's why we're charging you so much for the single box that we're allowing you to buy. Oh, we're, we're, we're allocating you because of a printer issue, guys. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> printer issue. Right? <laughs> printer issue. There, there's an asset issue. That's what that's the term they're using. There's an asset issue, guys. Um, paper shortage. Pa paper shortage. Yep, yep. That's that's all that too. Can't we can't get autographs? Oh, so why is there redemptions in there? And well, don't worry about that. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't want to let the, really for more than anything, I don't, I don't want to let the distributors off the hook to talk about PSA and BGS being behind schedule. I do think you're absolutely right. Somebody jumps in this hobby new, even if they understand what a pop report is and they look at that and say, oh, wow, it's, it's low, not realizing it's about to go through the roof or they don't know what it is and have no idea how many are out there or more importantly, to your point, how many are coming? Oh, I got to grab that PSA 10. Anyway, 
I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, no, it's like what what comes first, the chicken or the egg here, right? Does the does the the hoarding the hoarding of the the distributor itself yeah. cause an influx in pricing of the singles, or does this idea that there's limited supply with graded singles drive the price of the boxes up, and then therefore the, the distributors are like, ah, we're gonna hold more back. Right. That's yeah. I, probably all working hand in hand. It's not going to matter anyway. Yeah. But I mean, it is interesting, right? Because if you look at NBA data right now, and you're going to see this with baseball at the end of the season, you're going to see it with football rising through the season and dropping in the season. My one piece of advice to people is don't base your demand on PSA pop, BGS population reports, base your demand on print runs, on actual print runs of a card, like serial number cards mean something. When you get those graded, that's great, but like, yeah, don't be fooled. 100%, 100%. It would be interesting, being that it's episode 100 and having this part of the conversation, one of the things I was thinking about in preparation for this episode was also the whole, remember when? And it wasn't long ago before you knew two, three weeks, a month at most after each release, you'd be buying for 10%, 20% below SRP, yeah. regardless of what the product was. For sure. So one of the funny things I think we should have done, and maybe we can save it for later, or maybe we can throw it out there for the Discord folks to start chewing on this one and having fun in the, in the, in the chat. If you had a time machine, when would you go back to and what would you buy? <laughs> and hoard, because that you could have had pallets of this stuff for below SRP and look at what you could be doing right now in today's market with that. With the one caveat being, it's gotta be a product that you actually did buy before, not one that you didn't know existed. Maybe one, cause there's so many I can think of right now that I actually had in my car. Right. And I just opened casually, never opened it again. Um, All, all the two, eight, 2018 baseball. Oh man. You know how much of that stuff, you know how much I walked past? <laughs> Harry yeah. Tide number 2018 and 17. I, oh my God. It's crazy. It would be All 17, the, 18 basketball for me. I just uh, didn't take that serious. Like, yeah, right. All the football. Now I don't, I wouldn't personally change my mind very much on football. But in terms of being able to make a profit today, yeah, all the top end of tops chrome, beginning of prism. That by the way, I may very well have some of that has some serious value in some shoe box, fibro shoe boxes in the basement that I have not gone through yet. So <laughs> that's happening in the next forty-eight hours. But the point is, whoa, there's a lot. The amount of product I just walked right past. And by the way, yes, retail, but hobby too. You could have had oh, boxes yeah. of Prism football a month after release for 85, 90 bucks a box at time. I mean, it, uh, it's crazy. Crazy, crazy to think about. Crazy, that. crazy, crazy. We are all over the place today. And that's, we. you know what? It's episode <laughs> that's, that's you and I. Gosh darn it. Uh, but hey, I... I love the marketplace feel of the of the hobby right now. I get it. It is it's exciting. It's a little frustrating, but I that to me, like, I love it. 
I think it's great. It's, 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 it's invigorating for sure. And anybody yep. that has an entrepreneurial mind at all should be invigorated, should, should be energized by it. But, uh, you know, just be careful if you're not experienced. You know, I, I say that every time I feel like it sounds like a broken <laughs> record, but I'm sure these, no, no one's careful. And why do I say that? Cause I know I wasn't careful one bit. The number of products I bought that just are wallpaper. It's crazy. That's right. You want to show me that fountain pen you're using there? It looks pretty cool. You like this one? Leonardo Memento Zero. Uh, where's the camera? This is called Leonardo Memento Zero and it's made of horn. Well, it's not actually. I do have a pen that's made of buffalo horn, but this one is made to look like horn material. The cool thing about this pen is the nib was shaped by a guy named Kirk Spear out of Colorado to be an architect nib, which is the kind of nib that uh, is kind of nib the uh, end, right? Pretty much, it's it's basically like a calligraphy nib, but almost exactly opposite. And it's so so what it really is is calligraphy for Hebrew, uh, Arabic, um, but 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 people use it for just everyday writing and drawing and coloring and whatever. So it's just a just a fun nib. But anyway, no one cares about that. Uh, well, I'm going to show you my. I got a cool pen the other day too. Did you? I did. Here, let me see if I can really get it up here for you to see. See if you can focus on that. It, you, you can't see it, but it says Sharpie on it. I right? knew it. I knew you were going to make Sharpie it. Sharpie Roller is not focusing <laughs> correctly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good one, though. It writes pretty good. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoy your pen. Oh, shoot. Okay. So what's going to – let me ask you something. Yeah. What – What's your take on uh, what's about to happen in the NBA? I mean, we're about to get down to the conference finals here. The Celtics blew one last night, in my opinion. And oh um, my goodness, I'm yeah, I'm so frustrated about that. I know, I know, you're a diehard Celtics fan. Um, you mean what's going to happen with the rest of the games? Who's going to win the championship? Who's going to win Game Seven? Who's about to meet? Who, who's going to win out of these conference championships and and essentially meet in the finals? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be Clippers and Heat. That's that's my. Oh, that's like a stab. I hear you though. It's hard. Ah. No, I mean Celt that offense, the Miami Heat offense, is going to be really tough for the Celtics to contain. Or, or I mean, or the Raptors probably stand a better chance against the Heat, in in my opinion. But oh, I, interesting. Clippers look good. Clippers to me look effortless right now with the way they're winning. It's just like when they want to flip a switch, they're good. Would you agree that the Clippers have the easiest opponent of this round? Playing against the Nuggets? I would probably say Milwaukee was the easier one. Oh, that's interesting. Wow. That's crazy to say. Milwaukee got manhandled. They really did. You're right. I mean, they were getting manhandled too, but – yeah, uh, you're right. It's hard to argue with that. Obviously, on paper, you would not think to say that about a Giannis-led team, but they they were just made to look like a JV squad out there. They did. You could tell the second Giannis was out, they did for for a split second they played as a team. But they were like, wait a second, the guy that controls that has the ball in his hand, eighty percent of our possessions is out. What do we do now? Two things about the Bucks. 
one, I'll compliment the two of us. You and I agreed. Well, kind of compliment. It's a bit of a backhand. You and I agreed, and I'll still stand behind this statement maybe half a year ago, maybe longer, that Chris Middleton is one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Yeah. He still is in, in many ways, except that he may have just disproved us in many ways as well by <laughs> essentially not showing up for the first three games, two, at least two games, maybe three games of this series. Yep. He was non-existent. The other thing I'll say is, and a lot of people just have, I've had this conversation, so a lot of people disagree with me, but I personally don't think the Bucks have a point guard. I don't disagree. Who, Eric Bledsoe? George Hill? They're, George Hill is important, for you, you got to get rid of Bledsoe. He's but been in. If you could get someone to replace both of them, you do it. George Hill's been w- everywhere. And what has he really done? Yep. He's looked good at, at times on this squad. But I would argue that's because next to Giannis, and especially with Middleton disappearing, who else is going to look good? Yep. You, I mean, you already know Giannis is demanding something. I mean, he better be. They need to find a way to trade picks or whatever they can to grab Ben Simmons. Interesting. Very interesting. And you get Ben Simmons over there as the distributor. That'll open up the world for Giannis. And then guys like Dante DiVincenzo. uh, You you need more consistent three-point shooting to spread the court. You need a better distributor to get – Giannis can't assist to himself. Um, so yeah, I I know I had some higher hopes for the Bucks, and I'm sure a lot of people did. But yeah, when you really pick it apart, as far as a team is concerned, one guy can't do it alone, and, and Giannis is almost alone over there. He is. What? So what, looking at the Nuggets, so we're recording this, and, and the Nuggets just got beat last night. They're down three to one, and and. We're going to talk about Michael Porter Jr. tomorrow on our uh, Power Five stuff, so I'm not going to beat that horse. But what what are your what's your take on the Nuggets? What do they need to do? I think it's more a matter of consistency. Hmm. Uh, you can't really put they're they're outmatched, man. <laughs> they're playing an amazing team. Jokic yeah. is good. I will say his. It seem I may be wrong about this, but it seems like he's getting a little bit uh, pushed off the boards. He's still scoring. He's one of the better assist guys, better passers as a big man, and he's still he's still racking up assists. Um, Murray obviously isn't scoring fifty to forty to fifty a game, but yeah, I don't know. I, 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 you don't replace those two guys. You build around them. And they've got other pieces like MPJ that I can't argue with. I think they just have to get more consistent. I mean, Millsap's old. They probably need to get a second really solid rebounder in there. And yeah, a swing a swing guy that could really spread the floor and make defenders run around to stretch the defense. But uh, otherwise, I mean, I don't – let me say this. I don't think anybody thought Denver was there. Everyone thought they were at least a piece or two away. Mm. They might have just proven that they're really only a piece away and a solid free agent that could clean the boards a little better. So 
I, I'm not down on them. I, I, playing like this against the Clippers is, is nothing to really be that ashamed of. No one likes losing, so I'm sure it's frustrating for the players and, of course, diehard Nuggets fans. But they have a lot to be proud of and a lot to be excited for in the very near term. Okay. Uh, I have nothing to add. Well, I don't disagree. I think I think you you nailed it. I think they're a, they're a piece away. They're a mature Michael Porter Jr., m- more mature Michael Porter Jr., and a piece away from being true contenders. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you there. Yeah. And the uh, Clippers are solid. You can't hate anybody yeah. for losing to the Clippers, man. They're they're at least top three, if not one. Kawhi, top three playoff NBA player of all time. All time. All time. Whoa. I, I, let, me, let me step back. Do you think he'll end up as being one of the three guys we look at and say, this guy took it to another level in the playoffs to a level that we haven't seen amongst three other guys in the NBA by the, by the end of his career? Hmm. Let's put it this way. If he wins this year, <laughs> or even if he goes to the finals, first of all, if they beat the Lakers and get to the finals, yeah. you're already starting to say that. If yep. he wins, then the answer is yes. Wow. Three teams? How many players have done it with two, let alone three? So if he does that, there is no doubt he will be – he will be the most valuable. He already is the most valuable prism rookie card that we may ever see in basketball card. Wow. That's crazy. Although I, I could, wow. Think about that. Wait, so that, with the caveat that there are many, to, many current cards that can surpass him in the future, right? If Doncic sure. wins one championship, where does that card go? But well, I mean, you're, the, you're, you're a, so let's, let's, but pop report is important. Print yeah, you're right. And Print pop runs are so low. If you compare true silver to silver, I mean, you're you're thirty thousand plus for a Kawhi right now. I mean, Doncic is five x away from that, and then you figure out. That, I mean, there's no supply of that card. The base card is probably more in line with what we should expect a Doncic silver to look like, and that I mean that. Right. Ten. So 10, really, dollars for base PSA ten. <laughs> so ultimately. The only thing you would say is for the future is if there's a downturn in the hobby and they print a lot less in, uh, prison basketball at some point, like say five years, 10 years from now, because of the state of the hobby, maybe you'll see another prism like that 12, 13 that was just not as plentiful as we are talking about cards being today. But no, once I thought about that whole piece of print run, and so who else was a rookie that year, by the way, that we should be really thinking about? Yeah. So, the, I mean, oh. really there's only a couple guys that with limited print runs can compete with that. One of them is obviously Giannis, um, you know, but maybe a Damian Lillard, same year. But Lillard's Lillard. going to have to be, I mean, he's never going to be that guy. He's never going to be Kawhi. No, especially he seems committed to staying in Portland. Right. So I agree. I mean, now they have the money in Portland to build around him, but it doesn't seem like they're willing to spend that money. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway, wow. Yeah, no, it's fun. As you were talking about Middleton, by the way, Middleton's, uh, was it 1213? 2012-13 Prism Silver PSA 10 sold for 1750 this week. Again, well, again, keep in mind, limited not a lot of those out in the market, but I mean, that's a good price for us to say super underrated now. Eh, 1750 is pretty good. <laughs> wow. I actually went in another direction when the bubble started because I had a short list of about five guys that I thought were underrated, him being one. I didn't go for Prism. I went for other cheaper rookies, and I also went for a handful of autographs, and I loaded up on Middleton. I should say loaded up. I bought myself, but I bought that for myself. I wanted I wanted to have that for my mm-hmm. collection. Very nice. Well, when, when the bubble playoff started, I started accumulating some Pascal Siakams, and that that hasn't necessarily worked out for me. But it he, has, he actually hasn't played that well. He's been somewhat of no, a – No, he hasn't, but playoff. he's – yeah, but he's got a long career ahead of him, and he's more than likely going to end up in a bigger market at some point. Yeah, now yeah, you're right. So I don't think that's a bad move, unless you were thinking it's going to be a quick flip. But I know even if it doesn't work out that way, you're you're good, and you'll be able to still make the best of that move. So I I, I don't understand how Lowry isn't. So talk about underrated. I don't think Lowry's an underrated player. But I think he's very underrated in the hobby. I 100% agree with you. I don't get it. Yeah, you can get his stuff for dirt cheap, and I, it's one of those things where he's not electric. You know, he's very much like a Chris Paul, where he's he's he doesn't look physically impressive. <laughs> no, but he right. just performs, right? He just performs. Exactly. That no, fadeaway he really- hit in a second overtime yesterday. Eleven uh, seconds left. Stop. Stop. So let's talk about that. I know you had, you had wanted my take on that matchup, that particularly the outcome of the game last night. Here's my take. Tatum's about to drop enormously in my personal rankings, and I think in everybody's, if he doesn't come back in game seven and do something special. <laughs> he, where was he last night? Gone. He disappeared. And when he did try to do something, aside from one three and one nice drive, when he did try to do something, he either turned it over or front-ended it, and and it was a one-and-done, and they're going and playing defense again. I was so frustrated with him. I never thought I would say this. There were moments when they passed him the ball that I was like, give it up, give it up. Get it back to Kemba. Get it over to Jalen. I couldn't believe how he played. He looked so tired. Looks so, so bad he that one play where he went around his back got stolen i think it was right right in the top of the paint yeah top of the paint and ananobi's going down for layup and that hustle play by tatum was impressive like making right so he had right so one good defensive play but still (laughs) he so he frustrated me to no end i will say this in his defense and it'll be lost and forgotten completely as far as a singular play. But there was a moment, a, a, a turnover he had where he threw the ball to the corner and completely yeah. straight out of bounds. You remember that? Let me explain. Okay. Nick Nurse was standing on the court in that corner. And although you can't forgive a player for completely throwing a ball out of bounds, 
if you watched it live from that angle, which they, I think, only replayed it from that particular angle once, uh-huh. it, you could literally see why Tatum would have thought that Nick Nurse was his teammate at that moment. And he was passing. It should have been a T on Nick Nurse immediately. Anyway, I'm, I, I actually had a whole lot more to say, and I could see in your face you're ready to. I'm showing you the Tatum prices right now. You I was so here. frustrated by that play. I thought it should have been a T. What's I can't see it too well, but wait. Oh yeah, there's a dip. Okay. Put your uh, put your little tiny. Uh, what do you call those little small glasses? Your uh, my loop. <laughs> yeah, put, my put your one on if you're chain hanging now. Diamond, my monocle. My monocle. The monocle. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you can go four grand for a PSA 10, 17, 18 Tatum silver. His BGS 95 sitting at 1750. No way. Look at you. You're getting up and walking away at that price. <laughs> Literally. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out on that. Yeah, no, I I I totally if if he does not win this game, his price will be sub three thousand. It'll drop twenty five percent in seventy two hours. And it should be. And it should. I mean I'm, that's a little dramatic and emotional. I get it's like it. Tesla stock. Tesla stock right here in Tatum's world. Right. Now, I will say this. He's not going to be a superstar. He's never going to be a top two, for sure, not even a top three guy on a championship team. But a guy who should absolutely be a higher-priced hobby guy is Marcus Smart. He's probably my favorite player in the NBA. He's such a hustler. He plays such good defense. He has such a high IQ, but he's never going to – I mean, look, I get it. I went hard. I went heavy on Marcus Smart that year. That's the same. Who else was that year? Embiid? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look, he's a glue guy. He's a guy that every team dreams of having because he's what helps you. He'll he'll never take the headline, but he's what helps you win the game. Well, and there's no team that doesn't have – there's no championship team that doesn't have a guy like that. Exactly. Yeah, anyway. I'm with you. I'm a big fan. Yeah. He's a big fan guy. I but another reaction to that game, by the way, I already kind of alluded to it. I have to give so much credit to Lowry. He stepped up so huge, as you put it. Siakam is not playing well. I'm yeah. sure Toronto fans are as down on Siakam as I am down on Tatum, but Lowry just proved why he's the man over there. Yep. And Van Vliet, he's kind of like the Marcus Smart of that team. And instead of doing as much rebounding and defense, he does it more on the offensive end. Yep. But, but God, I love Van Vliet. Man, I tell you, it's to me, like the Toronto story, I, I love the Miami story too, but the Toronto story is so it it epit- epitomizes so much of what's great about sports, where you get the guy to join your team. And then that guy leaves and you forget that that team, that those guys, they're professionals and they take it personal. Right. Right. And the chip on the shoulder they're playing with, I just have mad respect for it. I do too. And you know what? There are a couple of guys that were traditionally and will continue to traditionally be role players that are making names for themselves. You saw what Ross did last night. Not Ross. Sorry. Um, Oh, help me out. The guy who scored probably 20-plus oh, – I can't believe it's escaping me now. The Toronto shooter. 
who ended at the line in OT and pretty much sealed the deal for them. I apologize. Shooter at the line. I was in a youth baseball game at the time, so I did not actually watch the game. Uh, but is it not Terrence Ross? You got I Terrence Ross left Toronto this Terrence, year. Uh, you're thinking there's Norman Powell. That's it. It's Powell. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Stepped up huge. Yeah, Ter- I went Terrence Davis with the Raptors, not Terrence Ross. Yeah, Ross was with the Raptors, but is now Orlando. Yeah. Right. It's it's Powell. It's Powell. There you. That's actually in and of itself. Look, I couldn't remember his name, despite what he did last night, and <laughs> has basically been doing that consistently. Guy? That the guy got a grandpa name. Yeah, Buttermaker. Buttermaker. <laughs> anyway, Powell. He'll never be a huge name, but deserves so much more respect than he gets. He so much credit. Yep. He played outstanding. Yep. Can shoot the lights out, by the way. Put up 23. Yeah, look good. Uh, we got two minutes left uh, to wrap up episode 100. Tonight's a big game kicking off the NFL season. We're going to talk about this in Power 5 tomorrow, but tonight, who wins the game? And are you excited? Is it DraftKings? I can't remember if it's DraftKings. One, one, I've been hearing the commercial on in the middle of podcasts that I've been listening to that have been giving me 100 points extra on a bet if I take KC. So basically saying as long as KC doesn't lose by 100 – you can have them for any bet. Obviously, it's what? Yeah, yeah, it's it's hilarious. So yeah, Casey wins. Come on. I can't I can't argue with that. I got this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I uh, it still it cracks me up looking on social media and people are are still. I'm looking at you, uh, Mister the Breaks. They're still like, wait, season starts tonight. Is this not the first preseason game? <laughs> I kind of like not having the preseason, not hearing about guys. I mean, I it's it. sad. That there's a couple, is there anyone other than Von Miller that went down? But look at that. One, it may, it may only be Von Miller that went down because of practice, and everyone else is entering the season at least relatively healthy. Mm-hmm. How many guys did we hear about in preseason games that would be out for the season because of some silly thing? Well, I mean, it, it actually it's helped the card market from that perspective because these rookies, these young rookies, blow their ACLs out before the season starts, and the cards are on all the products. Right, never get to see them play. Also, by the way, not getting to see them play and not getting to know that they really stink also is helping the market. <laughs> you know, not not realizing, oh, this guy played that one quarter and got passed to twice and didn't even touch the ball midair. Okay, I'm gonna buy twenty of his rookies. Pessimist. <laughs> Optimist. <laughs> hey, go ahead. Buy all those rookies. Oh, shoot. All I'll man. sell them to you. I'll sell them to you. I yeah, wish you I could will. get my hands on them to sell, by the way. But uh, it, it, look, it's exciting. I'm glad yeah. the Big Ben's back and the Steelers have a some chance to play decent. Who knows, though? We have no clue what to expect out of this season, other than the Chiefs are going to be good. I'm really interested to see how the Bucks are going to be. And at the same time, I'm really interested to see if Belichick is that good of a coach. Can he take That's a non-Brady-led team? I don't even care. He doesn't have to win a championship. Can he win it all with a non-Brady-led team? Yep. It'll be interesting. It'll, that is really interesting. Uh, it's going to be great. We'll have lots to talk about. And, of course, we'll integrate cards into it. 
Have yourself an amazing day, dude. You too, man. All right, later.